Hey friend, welcome back to the Arms the Heart podcast. If you haven't listened already to the previous episode, go back and do that. We are covering six tips for what to do when we feel like we're drowning or when we feel like we're really stressed, exhausted, overwhelmed, spread way too thin with all the things on our plate. So I'm here to help you find our balance. So these six tips are spread between these two episodes. So go ahead and listen to the first three if you haven't already, and then come back and meet me here for starting with number four. I'm giving you a blueprint to find more balance that you can come back to any time that you're feeling like you're struggling to feel like you have that sense of balance. So if you are kind of anxious thinking about all that's on your to-do list, if you feel like there's always this underlying stress in your mind of like, how am I going to get everything done? Because it's just never enough time. If you're feeling a bit burnt out or exhausted, um, you know, between balancing your job and motherhood and just taking care of everyone and everything, having no time to rest and recharge. If you're feeling super spread thin between all the demands and obligations that are pulling you in every single direction that you, if you're worrying, you can't quite fully live out your priorities and give your family what they deserve or be the mom that you really want to be, then this episode is for you. And I know you can probably feel that sense of either near constant frustration, discouragement, even guilt, because you're trying to find that sense of calm while trying to juggle everything on your plate and take care of your family and perform well and make an impact and give your best all that you do. But sometimes it can feel like, oh my gosh, is balance even possible? Is it even possible? Or should I just give up on it, right? Because we're running a million miles an hour and it's hard to kind of see a way out and we feel really stuck in this. So I just want you to know you're not alone. I see you. And even in a couple days ago, I took my kids to the dentist and the doctor ended up being pretty late. And so I was like, okay, well, what can we do to, to try to kind of keep them occupied? While we're sitting here waiting, and I ended up going back to these videos of Matthew when he was super young, my older son, and he was about just over a year old, and I was watching these videos of some of them was like him dancing in our house and stuff, and I just saw kind of the state of our home and how cluttered it was, and I, it immediately took me back to how much I was drowning in that season of my life. And all those emotions rushed back and I was like, wow, I, it just reminded me like how far I've come and how much of a growth journey this, this has been. And now I've got even more than I'm managing between the two kids, ages three and one, being stationed apart from my husband, solo parenting for very extended periods of time, um, balancing a business. Like I'm juggling so much more on my plate, yet I'm feeling way different, way, way different. My home is not constantly a mess. My mind doesn't feel like it's constantly a mess. I feel this enduring sense of peace and calm and confidence that I, I know what to do to manage my time well. And I don't have to feel like constant guilt. I don't have to feel constantly like I'm never enough. I'm never measuring up. It's just a totally different, different place that I'm in. And I'm so grateful for everything that I've learned from how to manage my time to, you know, ways to manage my mind to, you know, how to bring God into all of it so he can guide the way that I spend my time and my priorities to how to, you know, maintain my home and the systems and streamline processes and things like that, that really just make it possible to balance being a mom and working and having a demanding job and having a small business and just wanting to live out my calling fully and, and give God my best and give my best to everything that I do. Because if you're anything like me, you're probably really hard on yourself. You probably want to give hundred percent to all that you do, but it's like super frustrating because you can't feel like you can give that right. But you don't have to stay stuck there. And if I just knew so many of these, these tools and all the things that I'm here to teach you and I'm here to help guide you in, I wouldn't have had to stay stuck and feel like that was the only way. And man, it was a painful place to be. So I just want you to know that you're not alone. And 
you know, I think it's so easy for us to feel shame in feeling like we're drowning or feeling like we can't keep up or even looking around at our home and being like, it's such a mess. I'm such a mess. But no, you are not. And I want you to feel like you have hope that there is hope that, that you can find balance and that, you know, you don't have to stay where you are at. And so you don't have to accept that as your normal. You don't have to accept survival mode as your default. You don't have to accept that that's just how you have to live. No, God wants more for you. And he really wants you to feel that sense of peace, of joy, of fulfillment in your daily life. And if we don't feel like we can even live without drowning, if we you are know, feeling like we're just trying to keep our head afloat at all times, we're not going to feel the sense of joy and the sense of purpose and fulfillment that God really wants for us. And so this is what we're talking about today. I'm going to give you the last three of the six tips to really help move you to a place of balance so you can manage your time with more confidence and feel like you're able to live out God's calling for you more fully. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood in uniform, with so many expectations of performing your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path, and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. Tip number four here is to automate and to streamline and systematize. So what can you set up to do automatically instead of having to remember it each time? How can you streamline or create more systems for recurring tasks and demands? Maybe it's in managing the home. Maybe it's your work tasks. Maybe it's things for your family. Where can you kind of minimize the decision fatigue and all the mental clutter of trying to keep keep all this stuff going in your mind of the admin, the home management, the work, all these things that you feel like you have to keep track of? Can you put systems in place so you don't have to be carrying it all around in your head? So anything that can be done automatically should always be set up to do so, right? So an easy example is paying our bills online. I think most of us probably do that at this point, but there's other areas of life that we can also automate. There's a lot of misplaced, misused opportunities in our day that really could be taken care of because of systems. So if you find yourself doing the same thing over and over again, systematize it, automate it, get it out of your brain and into a system or on paper or in some kind of a streamlined way. A very simple example of this is to have a consistent meal routine. So if you want to save hours every single week and a lot less stress and overwhelm so you can be present with your family, have more time to spend with them, 
and also more time to do what you need to do around the home, then you definitely need a meal planning and prep routine. And especially if you have health and fitness goals that you want to get after, I think many of us do, and we want to prioritize our nutrition. So you need a simple way to do this where you're spending way less time in the kitchen, way less time in the stores, you're thinking about what's for dinner and stressing over that, yet you're still able to serve homemade meals most nights of the week. And so we honestly don't need to be cooking every single day with a little bit of planning, a little bit of meal prep, and a little bit of batch cooking and batch preparation. And I'm not asking you to spend hours slaving away in the kitchen either doing this. You absolutely can make this possible. And so meal planning and batch cooking, batch preparing some components ahead for myself for the week and for my family for the week has been extremely liberating and saves ton of time and energy and it really takes the pressure off of me during the work weeks and I don't need to stress about what's for dinner I don't need to stress about cooking from scratch every single day either so I'm pretty much batch cooking ahead of time so I'm only cooking you know a few times a week at the most during those like more demanding times of the day when the kids really need me right when we get home from work you know I'm more so like putting pieces together versus preparing everything from scratch at that point in time And so if you haven't listened to my episode on my meal planning and prep system, my six-step system, and a bunch of tips that I have for you on time-saving strategies to simplify getting dinner on the table every single night for your family, then please go listen to that. It's going to help you save a lot of time and energy. It's episode 61 and 62 on how to streamline and simplify. And then the other thing you can think about when it comes to time management and streamlining is how you're time-blocking and combining like tasks. So... I would recommend having like one period of time where you're kind of knocking out a bunch of admin tasks on your to-do list for the week instead of feeling like it's always bogging you down and they're always weighing on you. Same thing with like if you're running errands, can you knock a bunch of errands out at once versus having to go back and forth a bunch of different trips, you know, trying to lug your family around with you and all those kinds of things. Um, And that's why we do the same thing when it comes to batch cooking and batch preparing meals. So we can really be efficient with it. And same thing with preparing extra for ourselves so that you just have more bang for your buck honestly with your time for home chores do you have a schedule of what needs to be done daily of weekly monthly basis and building that predictability in for yourself so it's not always like just trying to figure out how you're going to fit it all and how you're going to get it all done and feeling like you're falling behind and you can never quite keep up with the house and all those kinds of things i know this is something i've been really growing in over the years and just yeah, or even something simple like forgetting to put the trash out on Sundays. Like if that if those are kinds of things that happen every single week and it has to happen at the same time, then just build out a schedule for yourself and just have that on display so it's easy for you to keep track of and you know, you can take that that anxiety and stress out of your head and just put it into a system and it's going to take that mental load off of you. Another one that I've been on a journey I've been on is decluttering. And oh my gosh, our stuff it it causes a lot of issues that we don't even realize more stuff means more cleaning more maintenance so a simple example is a bunch of toys out for the kids all at the same time means a lot more cleaning up for us on a a regular basis so instead we can have a toy rotation and honestly when our kids have fewer things they got to choose between they're going to be more likely to play with those toys and they're going to have the novelty of those new toys every you know couple weeks or however you know however often you do your rotation so that's been a lifesaver for us of much less mess to clean up something that's helped me mentally when it comes to feeling like I'm always cleaning up the house, right? Is the distinction between expected mess versus clutter. So there's a difference between clutter and mess. So expected mess is like, yeah, I know that 
my kitchen counters are going to get messy every single day. I know that clutter tends to be drawn to certain areas of the house. You know, when we first walk in the house, usually we're going to drop our stuff off by the front door. So that's going to be an expected mess that I, I'm going to want to reset that space every single day. I'm going to want to do the dishes every single day. That's an expected mess. I'm going to need to clean up my kids' toys, and, and hopefully Matthew helps me a little bit, but mostly it's me, right? Uh, I'm going to need to clean up the kitchen table and all those crumbs that get all over the place and all the food that was thrown, you know, off of William's high chair. Our kids are going to get dirty if they're playing outside, right? Those are expected messes. But clutter is different. Clutter is like the things that accumulate that we just don't put back in its place or the things that in our house, we just have too much stuff that doesn't really have a, a space for it. If everything in the house has a place and has a purpose, then we're going to be minimizing that clutter. But we, we sometimes let it pile up and then it gets overwhelming because we're not only cleaning up messes, then we're also ending up having to catch up on cleaning up all the clutter that then gathered over time. And that feels overwhelming, I know. So in those seasons where I was not very good about this, we would end up having to do all the decluttering and like catching up from all the stuff we didn't do throughout the week in addition to, you know, the normal, like we want to vacuum, we want to clean the bathrooms, we want to you know, do a little bit more deep cleaning through the weekends. And so we have a million more chores because we're trying to catch up instead of just resetting the spaces and taking two minutes and making sure things are just put back in their place. And so those are some things that I would think about. And some things on my journey that have really helped me in decluttering is remembering that a couple different tips, trying to only handle things once. So if I'm already walking past something or if I'm picking something up, just putting it in its rightful place instead of putting it in a temporary place and then having to then pick it up and put it in its actual place later. Trash, for example, folding laundry instead of bringing it, delivering it to the room and just leaving it in a pile to then put away later, just taking the one minute and just putting it in the drawers that it belongs in. Really anything that can be done under one or two minutes can be dealt with straight away. And I think the more we can get better about that, the less clutter we have that just gets overwhelmingly accumulated, right? Then the other thing is just not letting it mean something about us and our worth and our how good of a mom we are if our home isn't always super clean or perfect. And I think oftentimes we can be like, oh, it's such a mess. I'm such a mess. Like we, we, we draw that connection between the mess that we see and who we are as a person. And we feel like, it, you know, it means that we're a failure. We're taking it so personally. We're, it's driving so much shame and guilt. So don't let it mean something about you. And just know that, you know, you can continue to dial in on these whole management systems. And, you know, I think when the more I've, I've, gotten better about this and more streamlined in my systems and the better I've gotten about decluttering. Oh my goodness. It's really simplified my life. Oh my goodness. It's taken all the mental load off. I can be in the home without feeling all the stress about all the things that I have to do inside my home all the time. Like my home did not used to be a place of peace and of relaxing and calm and enjoyment and presence. It was a place of stress for me before. And it's because all I saw was I looked around me and all I saw was all the things I had to do on a daily basis, all the clutter around me that needed to be picked up. And I felt like I was carrying the burden of all of those things on my own because my husband could walk past it and be totally fine. But I would look at it and it would stress me out, you know, and I think for many of us, that's the case, right? And so we almost want to just escape our home. But our home, we can make our home a place of peace and order. And it's not meaning that it has to be perfect, not meaning that it has to look like, you know, a magazine every two seconds, but more so 
we deserve a place that brings us peace. We deserve a place that we can feel like we can rest and relax in and be truly present with our family in and, and that it's a life-giving place for us and a place of nourishment for our body and our minds and our souls, you know? And so you can grow in this. I just want to encourage you. This is skills that you can develop and you don't have to stay stuck. And no shame wherever you're at. I, I was there too, but we can grow in this and we don't have to stay stuck. It will free up our time and our space and our mental bandwidth and our schedules if we continue to grow in each of these ways. So we don't have to let it mean anything about us. We don't have to be ashamed of where we are. We don't have to be embarrassed about where we are. Don't have to let it mean something about us. We're not failing. It's okay. But we can grow. We can level up. And honestly, every single season requires us to skill up in new ways, right? Because man, it's way harder to manage a home when you become a mother than it was when you just we're a wife and not that it was easy when you're working full-time either right there's still the difficulties of trying to figure out okay who's doing what and you know how do you share that load and all those things but then when you become a mother it's like way harder because now you're keeping up with kids messes in addition all their very needy demands in addition to the home demands that are already there to begin with and so all that to say you know you're not alone if you're struggling with any of these things and we can continue to grow in it and growing in it is going to help free up our time and help us to not feel like we're drowning so much just having those systems automating things and streamlining can free up a lot of our time and space all right number five is to recalibrate and to reset our expectations and our mindset so we've kind of talked about this a little bit throughout but one of the things is just to not aim for perfection, to remind ourselves we don't have to be perfect and God doesn't expect that of us, you know, and to take a hard look and be like, what are these measures of a good mom that I have in my mind? Like, what are these mental traps that I'm falling into of this definition of what a good mom is that I'm comparing myself to? So I want you to ask yourself, literally take a moment after this episode or even pause me right now and think about when you think of what a good mom is, what does that look like to you? What does that mean to you? you probably have some definitions in your mind that might not be helpful, might not actually be true, that you really want to believe when you actually take a hard look at it. So some of the things that I've worked with my clients in that we've pulled out the threads on is, do you feel like a good mom means you've got to be home with your kids at all times, doing fun Instagram, Pinterest-worthy arts and crafts, baking homemade bread from scratch, gourmet fancy meals every single day, be super patient with your kids, never ever raising your voice, your house being immaculate at all times, every moment of your kids being awake, actively playing with them. If that's what being a good mom looks like to you, if that's what being present looks like to you, no wonder you're always feeling like you're failing. And I know because I was there too. And most of us are probably nowhere near being that kind of a mother, right? And so, but we can look and we can be like, hold on a minute. Is that actually what being a good mother means? What do I really believe being a good mom means? And how do I want to define this for myself? How do I want to redefine this? Instead of believing whatever I'm subconsciously believing based on what society has placed as the standards and what Instagram and Pinterest and whatever else social media has placed as a standard fitting into this little box. No, what do I want to define as being a good mom? What do I want to define as being a great mom? What do I want to define as success in this area of my life? Yes, I want to give my kids the best of me, but what does that look like in this season? What does being present, loving, and pouring into them look and feel like? And how can I create more space and also receive the support that I need to be able to do that, to show up in that way as a mom? So we're not subscribing to these unrealistic standards of perfection, that society and these mixed messages of like, do this, but don't do that. You know, and, and all this guilt, it's like one way or another, we're being shamed, right? As moms and guilted 
but no, you get to choose if you subscribe to those narratives. And focus, when, you, when it comes to being present, especially for those of us who, you know, we don't have all the time in the world to be with our kids because we're working moms and we have long, long hours that we work, focus on quality over quantity. Because, you know, we can spend all day with our kids, but still not be the mom that we want to be. Or we can spend the time that we have with them and make the most of it and absolutely know we are doing the best we can to be the mom that we want to be. And we're setting ourselves up for success in that by getting the support that we need to be able to work through what's what's causing us the struggles to show up as that mom, as that person, right? And that's what I can help you do as a coach. That's what coaching has done for me. And it's been incredibly fruitful in my motherhood. And that's like been the greatest gift, greatest gift I could ever give my kids is investing in coaching because it helps me to show up as the mom they want to be for them. And then letting go of things that don't matter. You know, part of recalibrate recalibrating, resetting our expectations and our mindset is letting go of the things that don't matter, like perfectionism, right? And decluttering our mind too. I think sometimes we get into this mode of feeling like uh, there's a really heavy load we're carrying in motherhood because we have to do all these things. Why do I have to be the one to wake up all night long with my baby to nurse them? Why do I have to be the one to lay down with my toddler to go to sleep why am I the one who, you know, has to be there to comfort them through all these big emotions? Why do I have to be the one who's the default parent? Why do I have to be the one who, you know, packs all of their bags every single day, who knows all their favorite snacks, who worries about all these things? Why do I have to be the one who does all the research on parenting styles and strategies that deal with these particular behavioral challenges? Why do I have to be the one? You know, we can just get into so much of this mindset and, and all of that fuels resentment, right? It, it fuels resentment about the burdens that motherhood can bring. But we can instead focus on, I get to be the one to do these things. What a privilege it is to be the one that God has uniquely entrusted to be there for my kids in this way, to be the one who thinks about packing all the snack bags when we go on a trip and making sure we've got what we need. Like I get to choose to show up as that mother. I want to be that kind of a mom. I get to choose to be there for my kids at any time of the night to meet their needs because God gives me the grace to do that. I get to be the one to carry this beautiful new life. Yes, my body is changing and that's really hard and there's a sacrifice that that involves, but I get to be the one to grow this sweet little child, to carry new life within me, to be part of this amazing miracle and what a gift that is. It's hard. It's a sacrifice. It is a disproportionate load I'm carrying compared to my husband, but I get to be the one to do that. I choose to see it differently. I choose to look at it differently and to respond to it in the way that I want to, right? We can't control of our circumstances. We can't control of our situations, but we can choose how we respond, you know? And so it's moving from being that victim mindset to a place where we are really empowered. All right. The last one, number six is to focus on our rhythms and routines and particularly i want to encourage you to build into your week rhythms of rest of reflection prayer reviewing your week both your previous week and also your week ahead and planning so this is something that uh, tends to fall to the wayside when we're really busy when we feel like we're drowning we're like i don't have time to rest there's no way you know i don't have the luxury of resting we feel like resting is something we have to earn when everything is done but like when is everything going to be done be honest with yourself, right? 
There's always more to do, like the home stuff, laundry, dishes, making meals, you know, all these kinds of things. It's on a loop. It's on repeat. It's never really done. You know, it's not one of those tasks we can just check off and be, be done with forever. I wish it was. I think many of us do. But there's always more that can be done. And same thing with any kind of work. There's always more work that can be done. And so we have to prioritize rest. We cannot just keep going, going, going forever. That's just not how we work as human beings. We have needs. You have needs as a mom and that's okay. That is okay. You are worthy of meeting those needs too. So build into your week how you are going to meet your own needs. And some of those needs I'm encouraging you to think about are rest, our reflection time of prayer time, of planning time, you know, and building that into your rhythms of, of your day and also your week. And it could be as simple as just taking 10 minutes to figure out what the week's going to look like ahead for you and planning your meals and going from there, <laughs> you know, planning your workout schedule, how to set yourself up for success with your spouse. If you guys are stationed together, I keep saying this cause I'm not, uh, and I know many of you might not be either. And leave white space for yourself. Like try not to cram too much in. Ask for the time that you need. If you don't have this time to rest, if you don't have this time to reflect, ask for support, ask for help, ask your spouse for help, or ask for help from somebody else who you can lean on. Build your village if you don't have one, because we all need one. We cannot do this on our own. It's not sustainable. So you are worthy of rest, regardless of what needs to be done, and you don't have to earn it. So there's so many mindset hurdles we face when it comes to slowing down and giving yourself permission to rest. So if you struggle with that, go listen to episode 35. I go through 10 things that are holding you back from getting the rest that you desperately need and finding the time to do that. And then episode 32 is another really good one to listen to. If you're running a million miles an hour, if you feel like there's no way to slow down because you're really stressed and you got too many things to do, this is 10 simple tips to help you slow down so you can be more present, so you can manage stress better, so you can have more balance and more time for your family and what matters most to you. All right, so I pray that this blessed you today and I just encourage you, again, this is something that you can do over and over again when you need to recalibrate, whenever you feel off balance, whenever you feel like you're drowning or you're like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit flustered here. I am pretty overwhelmed or I'm, I'm now taking on extra demands or things are happening circumstances are changing. I'm in a big transition season. Got a lot going on. Got a lot on my plate. Okay. This is the time we got to do this. We got to do this reevaluation process and just take a little pause, recalibrate. So give yourself permission to do that. Go ahead and listen to some of those other episodes where I walk you through the details of some of those other components of this because everything is interrelated. Everything is interconnected and we're integrated human beings. And that's what I can help you do in coaching. I just want to reinforce you know, if you're like, wow, this is a lot. I don't really know where to start. And I kind of need some support walking through this. That's what I can do in a coaching session with you. So we can really get to the root of like, what's the best place to start and come up with a plan together where you feel really good about your first steps. And you can break this down in a really simple, easy process for you. So you know what your first step is. You can have that kind of first tipping point, basically, that you are able to kind of push into that turns the dial in the direction that needs to go to help you find that balance that you really are longing for. All right. So let's keep this conversation going and please reach out to me at megan.armtotheheart.com. If I can support you through a discovery call, if I can support you through one-on-one -on -one coaching, we can make a ton of progress in one session. So if you're ready, if you just want to explore that, see if it's a good fit, let's just start with that. So go ahead and reach out to me at megan.armtotheheart.com and I look forward to connecting with you there. All right. I'll talk to you soon.